0: Coming to you live on tape with the snap for Wednesday, May 3rd, 2023. I've taken a day break. You know, it was a, a late Monday. Last time I actually hopped on the microphone because went out to the local watering hole and then got to enjoy a colossal victory for the New Jersey Devils over the New York Rangers. Akira Schmidt, just uh, the man in goal fucking fired up nice shutout victory and I just couldn't get to the microphones on Tuesday Tuesday night It just wasn't happening couldn't get there Wednesday morning for an, an early morning Wednesday so took a day off from the microphones and then uh, decided to fire it up here it's uh, super late here as we uh, approaching Approaching next morning. Actually, I think we might be in the next morning anyway, but I'm saying Wednesday, May 3rd. Oh, speaking of which, May 3rd, happy birthday, Mom. HB, HB, happy birthday, HBD. Up there uh, in the uh, skies, above the skies, she passed away ages and ages ago. Missed her very much. Today was her birthday, or yesterday, uh, you know, May 3rd. And so I wanted to give her a quick shout out. But uh, back to the grind today. Tons of sports uh, that were going on. Unfortunately, I I talked about the Devils win. Then they come in tonight, and then they take a big L versus the Hurricanes down in Carolina. Tough to play two games uh, in three days, especially one being a Game 7, and then having to go there on the road and play a team like the Hurricanes. They look fantastic. I don't know why the Devils, per se, pulled Schmidt probably just because he's a rookie and uh, wanted to lessen the blow for Game 2 because at 3-0, it was probably over the way that they were playing. But a little early to pull him, but I kind of get it. So, Devils uh, will play again, I believe it is Friday. Not that anybody listening to this game say shit about hockey, but I'm talking about it because the hockey playoffs were phenomenal because after that game, there was a shootout. I mean, a shootout. In Las Vegas, Golden Knights who have a really wonky opening. They have uh, obviously a knight, golden, and then they have like a black knight. The black knight holds up the nh the opposite team's flag, and I don't know. There's a dragon on the ice, and I don't know. It's a big. You feel like you're at medieval times when you're watching I can't imagine what it's like there. But I'm sure everybody in Vegas is like, ah, oh, this shit, this is the best. So I'm from looking from afar, you're just kind of like, Hey, everybody, there's a shit cloud coming. It's <laughs> Come on, let's get to the game. Uh, anyway, stop playing the drum roll, sir. I'm trying to flip my soundboards here, and my big fat finger keeps hitting the drum roll, which makes no sense if you're listening from home because there was no joke there. Uh, Or if there was a joke, it was way before I hit the drum roll sound. Anyway, uh, like I said, uh, wonky opening, uh, but I'm sure Vegas loves it. They got into the game, and I think it was 3-2 at the end of the first. I I mean, it was just—I hope you had the over because the over was just cashed in early. It was the bet of the night was the Edmonton-Vegas over. Uh, Not bet of the night was anything related to Joel Embiid and the Sixers (laughs) because, let me tell you, the MVP of the NBA did wonders last night as Philadelphia got blown out of the water. I mean, they got toasted. But they kind of had a game to give because they had gone into Celtic land there up uh, what a TD Bank. Now, I would love to call it the Boston Garden, but I think maybe it's the Boston Garden at TD Bank Arena. It's always like a field or a court at the sponsor's arena. I mean, can't be more convoluted than they have made it. But it also equates to Cashola. So... That is what it is. Anyway, Boston Garden, TD Bank Arena, whatever the hell it is, up there in Boston, they had won- lost Game 1, and so the Sixers had a game to play with. Kind of weird that they came back in Game 2 with Embiid and got smoked, but that is what happened. So anyway, as for the NFL, as we get back to the subject matter of the podcast, there really is not a whole lot going on. There were some fifth, fifth-year uh, signing news. We went through it a couple uh, a week ago, a couple of podcasts ago. At some point last week, we had talked about it. But uh, it was when Burrow got picked up along with uh, it was Justin Jefferson, same night so or same day. Burrow and Jefferson got picked up. And then Chase Young did not get picked up. And as it went on, everybody and their brothers started getting picked up because I, it was the date that everybody had to get noted. So to run down I, here are the people that you're, I guess, kind of surprised they didn't get picked up. Makai um, Beckett, in understanding that he was injured, and a lot of the not picked up is either you know he's no good or he's crazy injured. Makai Beckett, I thought for sure, same thing with Chase Young, I thought they would have picked him up regardless of injury. You'd like to take this swing for that extra year, but Becton did not get picked up. You know, you compare that to the pick after him, uh, Tristan Wirfs, and he got picked up right away, right? So, uh, some surprise, Jerry Judy got picked up, which I was surprised because, you know, you compare him to Makai Beck. I mean, I don't think Judy's numbers have been that great. Why give him the pickup? But they did. Um... Let's say anybody else down here that is surprised that they didn't get picked up? No, not really. Brandi, Ayuk got picked up. Is that surprising, not surprising? I guess it's kind of in the same camp as Jerry Judy, right, that they got picked up. Now, Ayuk has probably had higher highs than Jerry Judy has. They both have kind of been out. Ayuk was a surprise last year as he cooled off, but he had moments of flash. Anyway, they picked him up regardless. I guess skill position player... Showing you something, rework it. Pick up the pick up the deal, Jordan. You Jordan Love got a one year extension, so he didn't get picked. He just got that one year extension, which good for him. Uh, at twenty million, so there you go. There, uh, Patrick Queen did not get picked up. Jordan Brooks did not get picked up. Uh, Clyde edwards hilaire who came on into the league on fire, on such a kick ass offense. And before you know it, he just goes right down the toilet. So, injuries barred him, and then his production kind of slipped. The running back position at this point is really junk. And this goes to the thought of not picking one up in the first round. And as you scratching your head when you watch somebody like the Falcons pick up Robinson. Because rarely ever has the early round running back been working out. Financially, strategically, any way you cut it, it just, it really hasn't been the way to go. And yet the Falcons felt like that was the ticket in the 2023 draft was to grab the best running back in the business. So we'll see what happens. I'm sure he'll have a phenomenal couple of years, barring injury. And then when it comes down to it, they'll, I'm most likely, I mean, again, let's rewind, let's go back to podcast past. This kind of gets old talking about it, but it's the fact that you're going to end up just going through the Le'Veon Bell situation if the running back is good. If you want to play it strategically correctly, it's a lot of lees, then you're going to sign the running back, you're going to play them out, you're going to take the 50-year option, you're going to franchise... You're going to see if you can get a a good deal for yourself, which is going to be difficult because the running back is a skill position player and they're always going to demand a lot of money. You're going to see if you can knock something up. You're not going to be able to. And then you probably franchise them, right? Franchise them again, right? You can franchise twice or whatever. And then it goes or, or you know, and then they make a stink and then you're in Le'Veon Bell situation where, you know, give me a long-term contract or I sit out. No, sorry. We have all the cards. So uh, they tried to circumvent it with the three-year deals, and you saw that in Ezekiel Elliott's case, Ezekiel Elliott's case, and Christian McCaffrey, and then that backfired with Elliott, and McCaffrey, it was so valued that they ended up trading him to San Francisco. So, you know, when you think about running backs, investing in one in the first round? It's about to get all stupid up in here! Unless it's in the late round and you're a team in that position, who has done well the year before, and you could use the extra help on offense. Which is why, when the Eagles went into this draft, a ton of people thought that they were going to go after Robinson had he been there. right? Because they had a couple of picks, it was an area of need, and then ultimately, what they ended up doing was they traded a fourth-round pick for DeAndre Swift right, from the Lions, who I think I said... Previously was maybe a first or second. And somebody was telling me he was later. And I can't even remember anymore. Because once you're a couple of years removed from a draft and there's like a skill position player that might have went in the second round, you're kind of like, did he go in the first round? So to, to state it for a fact, DeAndre Swift went in what round? Uh, my buddy said third when we were drinking beers watching the Devils game on Monday night, and he was drafted in the second round. Okay, so pick 35, second round. So he was early second round. So he wasn't a first-rounder. He was second-rounder, but he was pick 35. Uh, And I believe that's stated as pick 35 of the overall draft, not pick 35 of the second round, because I don't think there would be 35 picks, maybe with extra picks. I I don't think so. So regardless, second round. But they trade a fourth-rounder for a second-rounder, right? And... If it works out great, I guess they they might franchise him. They probably try to work some kind of little deal. But if he ends up walking, it doesn't work. He was a second rounder, so in all likelihood, I think they'll end up getting a, a comp, comp, compensatory pick. So you just traded a fourth rounder for maybe a third rounder if the guy walks. Otherwise, you get uh, running back more or less on the cheap, right? So that's the way the Eagles approached the draft or the running back position by not drafting a running back in Thursday, Friday, Saturday's draft and then trading a pick for an already in-the-league back. It's just what it is. That's what it's going to be going forward is that running backs are going to be devalued in the draft or probably should be because the ROI really isn't there. And with the salary cap it's just an albatross for a position that can be filled with other established players or players later in the draft etc. so atlanta is going to have to face the robinson deal that saquon barkley is dealing with now that barkley wants a big long-term deal he hasn't really played that much he's been hurt but even if he did knock it out of the park and let's say he was phenomenal let's say that saquon had 15 to 2,000 yards total for the past four years. If you're the Giants, you're still signing him? Probably not. Because you turn around and been like, well, what are we going to do right now? Right? Like we're starting to put everything together, but if we hang this, all of this salary cap weight on you, what do we do down the road to fill in the blanks when it's just been proven that Throwing the ball is more or less the route to go in modern football. So anyway, um, so that was the uh, deal with the fifth years, a little bit uh, in the draft there. But it, obviously, the ones that you thought were going to go got signed. So Andrew Thomas from the Giants, he got picked up. Uh, to week, uh, Herbert we knew was going to go. Uh, Derek Brown got picked up. Uh, around the, you know, Wervs had already got picked up. Judy, I uh, said, uh, AJ Terrell from the Falcons. Talking about the Falcons, right? They went and picked up AJ Terrell, so they picked up his fifth-year option. Um, there wasn't a whole lot of shocks. We talked about some of the notables, but that was kind of the big, I don't know, the bigger news. There, There isn't much. You can go to every single website across the goddamn globe, and all you'll see right now, still, still, five days out, is... NFL draft grades Ah! enough (laughs) enough. and now you're seeing 2024 NFL mock drafts now I know that the draft is super popular and if you've listened to podcasts and happened to catch Adam Schefter's podcast, I forget what it's called he did a uh, show with Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay which is really weird to me right? because Kuyper is like the grandfather of this whole thing and Kuiper's background, if I remember right, is he just kind of got into it because people said he's going to be really popular or somebody that he knew. I don't want to say Parcells, but somebody along the line was like the draft is going to become super popular. It's a huge asset to the league and is very pivotal in teams production development. Uh, and nobody really focuses on it, and so he honed in on it, and then it was a joke, etc. And so he's been around for like 40 years. And I know you you can't just keep one person in one spot forever, but when they brought McShay on, they just kind of made him an equal immediately, which was really head-scra- a head-scratching approach. Now, Kuyper has been a true man about it and has just accepted it. But if it was me, it really would have... Uh, Put my fucking panties in a bunch. It really would have because it was like, who is this guy? But anyway, so now they kind of go around as tandem. And as far as this year, and again, I don't remember last year or not because I was out uh, watching it again on Thursday of last year. And then Friday, I don't even know if I tuned in, but um, McShay was on stage A. And, you know, he, he's on the main stage of Woodstock, and is over there, you know, in the mosh pit where everybody's throwing dirt bombs all over the place. And then you, you go on Schefter's podcast, and you can't even get a break because is bringing you, Kuiper, the grandfather, on with McShea and then asking questions about the history of the draft. <laughs> and McShay's like, well, what am I going to talk about? I, I only came on here a hot second ago. So Kuiper was talking about how when the initial drafts, started and were being broadcast, I guess they jumped from the live broadcast, I think by design, but they cut it short and ended up going to tractor pull programming, right? And they were laughing about how silly it would be to actually go to a tractor pull, uh, considered what the NFL draft has become nowadays, right? Which is pretty comical. Um, And then McShay was talking about his great, you know, his greatest memory, and that was... Bleeby said when they bounced from Radio City Musical, which is, is another good story. And if you have not heard it, the only reason that the NFL is more or less in the position that they are now is kind of just by dumb luck, right? Because the NFL loves structure and they don't really like to go out of their comfort zone, which is why in today's day and age... With all of the political overtures, it just makes the skin crawl you know, in the NFL offices. And they more or less are just trying to go with whatever approach keeps them out of the crosshairs, which is goddamn near impossible because you just can't be any kind of big injury and not have some pseudo-journalist, journalist, blogger all up in your shit looking to try to uncover some little tidbit that will get clicks. But anyway, they love structure and so they had been at Radio City Music Hall forever. You know, and I mentioned this the other day, was that I loved waking up on, you know, a Saturday morning and just starting to watch a draft. And I think the draft was Saturday and Sunday, I think it was two days, but it started on Saturday and they just went first first round was in with the second round, et cetera. So that was always the case until the Radio City Musical, Madison Square Garden, the Madison Square Garden, came back and said, Hey, guess what? Mm. You can't have Radio City Musical. We have the Rockettes here. (laughs) (laughs) And we can't move the Rockettes because they have some kind of special show. And I think it was around Easter weekend, as uh, Schefter was talking about. And so they bounced them. And so then they went to Chicago two years and it was great. And then they ended up moving it around. It's become a dog and pony show. And not only is it becoming dog and pony show, it has just become a surefire winner for whatever city gets it, and the NFL itself. And I guess now they had—if the, you watched the broadcast on Thursday, I mentioned this—they bounced McShay from the main stage so that they could bring in the Jonas Brothers. And I couldn't figure out why. And I was sitting at the bar on, on Monday night and my buddy was like, yeah, well, the, you know, I think they have like all kinds of musical acts and shit going. And then they talked about it on the Schefter podcast that I guess they do have all kinds of rock concerts. And I think it really kicked in with that end of it when they were in Nashville in Tennessee. And so now th- this whole thing has just become, as Schefter said, the NFL, uh, not Lollapalooza. <laughs> I'm saying Lollapalooza and I am fucking dating myself because I am Old, old as shit. Game over, man. It's game over. Almost. Not yet, unfortunately. Um, but now uh, he said it's become their Coachella. So it is the NFL Coachella. If you want to go with that, Chef Terrell probably, you know, call it. A, uh, thank God it's not the Fry Festival. <laughs> <laughs> go one way go way. So anyway, we're still on the NFL draft hangover as we get out here, and it'll probably be that way for at least another week or so, and then we'll you know peter out, and we'll start getting summertime. Before you know it, be rookie mini camps and uh, mini camps, and then they'll be back going at it uh, come August. Which you know now that it's May third, well May fourth now, uh, that you're just gonna. You know, it's just going to fly by. You're not even going to notice it, right? Because And, and the summer's over as soon as you hit July 4th. If, if you have not noticed or if you're not old enough and or, I mean, if you're not in the States, uh, it wouldn't make sense. But here in the States, which I believe is where most people listen, uh, if anybody, there's only four of you, uh, July 4th is the end of the summer because at July 4th, Every single retail place st- starts putting in back to school and uh, whatever, Labor Day weekend sales. I, that's all you hear about. Like July's gone and all of August is gone. You July 4th and they're like, oh, ah, yeah, there's two months left of summer, but we're done, at least from the retail calendar, because we kick into full drive September, kids going to school, Labor Day sales. That's what it is from there. So it's. Just going to fly from here on out, and before you know, it, you'll be do- doing your NFL fantasy football drafts, and we'll be back talking uh, about our. Where is Bijan Robinson in the the fantasy football tier? Right, I imagine he's probably going to be pretty high this year if you think about it. Uh, but anyway, I, there's really not much news. I will go on this note. Last note here is the one thing that I did see, which I kind of, I it made me laugh only because. I was an employee at the original XFL for the New York, New Jersey Hitmen. So obviously all the teams were owned by the WWE at the time. And so I'll always have a soft spot in my heart. I still talk to people from the Hitmen, uh, good friends with, you know, one person is specifically like, what up? And so it, it'll just, it was a time where everybody there wanted to be there It was super cool. There hadn't been a new football league in decades. And with the WWE machine behind you, it might have been WWF at that point. I don't know if they had the lawsuit quite yet with the World Wildlife Foundation. But anyway, um, you really thought it was, you had a shot. You really did. And Vince went about it all wrong, and we kind of, we all knew that in the halls, but you were like, you know what, if we could just get through this goddamn first season, we can get going. Uh, It never happened. Uh, There are plenty out there that you could read about as to why it didn't happen. But anyway, and then he tried to kick it up again, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, whatever it was, uh, 2019, and tried to do it with his own money and and tried to reinvent the wheel. That got canceled mid-season, and now we've gotten this uh, Dwayne Johnson JV version of the XFL. And to the same degree, the USFL, you know what, guys? If you don't want to put money into advertising and brand branding and marketing and try to get people familiar, this approach of we're just going to put it on TV and let people find it, it isn't going to work. It's simply not going to work. And for the XFL, if you tried to follow it, you would have noticed for the first couple of weeks, they didn't even have individual statistics. Like You couldn't find them. You couldn't find them. You could find the score, but there were no box scores. You couldn't find individual stats. Like, it was a fucking nightmare to try to follow this league because it's not college. It's not the pros. These guys have been probably out of football for a good while, or they're not committing to the XFL or committing to the XFL because they still want to try to stay on a practice squad or be in the NFL. So you're going to have to educate your fans on who they're seeing. Now, a lot of these guys played in college, and I'm sure avid college fans know of the people in the XFL that went to their schools. But you got to do refreshers to try to build the culture. You can't just throw the shit on TV. And then when you go and you have your Final Four and you have your two games that create your XFL championship, you can't take two weeks off. Like, why are you doing two weeks But to go back to the players, what you really have to do is you have to educate the viewing public as to who these people are. And you have to make them remember where they were in college. What colleges they came from. That's the the core group you have to embrace. Because professional fans, these guys are castaways. And they're never going to gravitate toward the league. Because as they sit back and they watch, they're just going to be like, these guys are junk. But if you could tap into a little bit of the college, oh shit! You know what? I remember him. He went to my school. You know, or oh yeah, he was really good. I do remember him. Maybe you know, he didn't make it in the pros, but let's see if he could you know turn it around here. Or even better yet, you know what? I think that guy was really good. I can't believe he didn't get drafted or signed, or he got you know he didn't make it through training camp, and I he'll blow up here and probably get back into the NFL. He just give the viewers something, something to eat off of. Oh, and another thing, stop treating your product like it's the JV squad. Stop fucking going into the production booth with Mike Pereira and go through every, don't. It seems stupid. It really does. You watch it, and then they go in. And they're, oh, this is so super cool! We're in there in the judges' booth with Mike Pierre as he's going through the re. No, it doesn't. It makes it seem fucking grade B, grade C meat. That's what you're eating. You're eating a grade C meat hamburger as you watch Mike Pierre step through it. Because you're like, no, this guy makes his fucking money doing NFL broadcasting. He's just doing this. Because, fuck it, why not? He gets on on TV, and it doesn't really cost him anything to invest his time and effort into this. Stop going to the sidelines and ir- interviewing the coaches. Why'd you run that play? Go through this with us. Oh, that's so super cool as you show us to play on your fucking, whatever, iPad on the, on the sideline. No, it's not. I don't want to see that shit. I don't want to be in the huddle. Oh, did you hear how, how they did that? Those calls there? No. No. Part of the element one of the f- things that makes live sports fun to watch is not knowing all that shit and finding it out after the fact, especially when you're not gonna understand half the shit anyway. Yeah, go ahead, give us the NFL calls and oh it's gonna be Oklahoma 4 uh, red Red three Darth Vader uh, Twinkie okay. I'm, I'm fucking hungry for a Twinkie. I think I'm going to fucking stop watching this and go grab myself one. Do they make Twinkies anymore? Did they stop making Twinkies? They did, right? And then they, they brought them back. Like, nobody gives a fuck. Great. Nice call. They use Twinkie as one of their fucking special keywords. That means that the fucking X receiver is going to uh, roll around on the ground, bark like a dog, and then run a fucking fly pattern. All right. Sure. Great. Don't. Just take all that stuff out of it. Treat it like regular football. Treat it just like the NFL. Don't do all these special fucking things. Don't use these as your, you know, your ant farms. Stop it with that shit. That's not what anybody wants to see. But the other thing that they're battling, and this is where I really wanted to go in the beginning of this, was that they're just not going to be able to keep talent. And that's going to be the really big mountain to climb for both of these leagues. Because Ben DiNucci, who had a shot with the Cowboys and just got thrown away because it wasn't really good, he goes. He's playing for the. Uh, I think he's playing for the Sea Dragons, or I think are in Seattle. Where are the Sea Dragons? Oh, there's nowhere. It's a mythical. Oh, wow. okay, great name. He got a chance to try out with the Broncos. So let's say he ends up making it in the tryout, and he leaves, and he goes to the Broncos. Well, there you go. There's a quarterback, most, position, most important position in all of football, gone from your league. And now you've got to go find a new quarterback, and they don't grow on trees, to put back in his spot for next year. How do you develop a league? How do you develop quality play? If your best players never come back. And that is the situation that these two leagues are in. If you have a standout season in the XFL or the USFL, you're getting a phone call from the NFL and you're gone. And then the the fans that invested time watching and trying to get to know the team are gone said player. Uh, The guy that went to the Cowboys from the Generals. I forget what he was. He was like, you know, he he was a wide receiver, kind of utility player, punt returner, and he was great for the Generals, and so the Cowboys picked him up, and I think there was some history behind him where he could have went to the NFL, but he had something in his background that was a major red flag or an issue at the time, and they passed him by. So... He ultimately showed that he had something, and then in the NFL, like I said, and I'll say it again, is that all the teams want to do is win and acquire good talent, said they don't commit murder, and put it on the field. And it doesn't matter anything else about said player, so long as they are not psychotic or a complete criminal, that if they have talent, they're going to get a sniff. I mean, Alden Smith. I mean, all that guy had to do was try to stay sober, and he could have stayed in the league. But anyway, that's what's going to happen year in and year out for these two developmental leagues. And I don't know how you make a good product when you're losing your best talent year after year after year. And that's all that's going to happen. I think that the best thing that these teams could do for themselves— is, and this is probably never going to happen because it's already been done before. Is develop an operation that is run super smooth. And is just a top notch top notch organization. And hope that you can show that you are a league for some kind of development. And maybe somewhere down the road because this is what America has become over the past 30, 40 years is that hope you're the startup that gets bought out by the big fish and that the NFL tries to acquire you and merge operations or something to that effect, right? Even if the XFL and the USFL, you know, combined forces, again, you need affiliation. You need the NFL affiliation or ultimately I just don't think it's going to work. I can't see it. But if you get the NFL affiliation... Now, NFL has done this. NFL Europe. um, You know, they did that forever, right? It was the World League, and then I think it got bought out, and then they did NFL Europe, and they tried to use it there. But look, Europe has become hot now. Maybe they give it another go-round. I mean, who knows? The options could be there. But you need... I think that you need the NFL affiliation. Because you need to prevent the Ben Danucci's from leaving your league and recycling quarterbacks and just starting from scratch because that just kills the product and nobody is going to be interested just like nobody's interested in me talking about the XFL as I sit here on an NFL broadcast but I kind of tied it in a little bit to the the NFL, right? see what I did there? no, I didn't do it good So why don't we just punch out uh, on a slow uh, Wednesday night, Thursday morning here, and wish you all the best uh, for the week. Probably get one more in tomorrow, uh, and then you know, since I started this, Friday is going to be an off day before I try to fire it up on Sunday. So hopefully something entertaining happens somewhere out there that we can get back to talking about good shit. But otherwise, I'll just fill your ears with nonsense for thirty something minutes. Wow. Impressive for me. Anyway. All right. Peace out, everybody. Enjoy your uh, Thursdays. Happy hump day to you in the past. I'm out.